What's going on everybody? This is your host Shashank and the guest who is joining us in today's episode of Getting Started with Shashank Kumar is one of the most humble and most knowledgeable guy I ever met in my life. Uh, so in this particular episode we talked about almost every aspect of his life. This episode is filled with massive knowledge. So better to not skip any part. And without further delay, let's get started. Mr. Ian Paget, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for asking. So, sir, I'm quite interested in the name of yours, which is Logo Key. Like, how did you come up with that name? Or, and what's the story behind that? Or it's just a random pick. Okay. Um, so I started Logo Geek um, about eight years back or so. And at that time, uh, I I was basically just looking for a good uh, website address or, or domain. And uh, I, I wrote down lists and lists and lists of uh, different potential ideas. And uh, th- this was um, when there was only like .co.uk's or .com's available. There, there wasn't any of these new uh, fancy URLs. Um, so it was really hard to find something that was available. So I wanted to have logo in it. Uh, so I, I listed out hundreds of different potential names tried them most of them wasn't available <laughs> oh wow um, and, um on my list was logo geek and i thought that's not going to be there and the .co.uk was available the .com oh, at that time was taken but great. .co.uk was there and being honest i wasn't sure if it was right for what i wanted to do but i thought you know what that's a fantastic url i'm, yeah. I'm just going to read anyway because .co.uk is they're like uh six pounds or something to to register for the year so it's it's not much cost to to keep so i grabbed it and uh, i mean it all kind of went from there there wasn't any strategy or any plan or anything like that it was just that domain was available and uh i've kind of grown into it (laughs) okay okay so well, to be honest, I don't think there's a single person who don't know you in the designing community. I think you're quite famous <laughs> in the logo designing field or the whole graphic designing field. But actually, I want to know a bit of your background. Like, how did you come up as a logo designer? Okay, so do you want me to focus on logo design specifically or how I got into graphic design? <laughs> oh anything you like uh, yeah let's I'll, begin I'll with explain that. i'll explain yeah because i mean it's all connected isn't it yeah. so um i mean first of all i didn't go to university um I, I i don't have any formal qualifications in uh graphic design so how i got into it um uh obviously i i, I went to school i was always into art then I moved yeah. on to uh, college, uh, which is like a further education here in, in the UK. Yeah. And um, uh, obviously went into um, uh, art again. Um, but at that time, there wasn't a, a graphic design course as such. I, I think there might have been, but it, was, um, it wasn't that popular. I, I can't remember it being a... Uh, a proper subject I think it might have been a bolt on to to art yeah. so I, I never at, at college I, I never got into uh graphic design or, or or never really saw it as as a potential opportunity uh, but anyway after my uh education I didn't go on to further education um I know I wanted to do something creative and the very first job that I got when I was 18 was uh as a print finisher for um for an, an exhibition company so what they used to do they used to do these uh, like pop-up stands for exhibitions okay and my job in that company was to um or i i was an, an assistant so i worked with this other guy and mm-hmm. what we would do there would be two what could be described as graphic designers they were like art workers and then okay. they would press print we would take that material and then finish off. So we run it through all these different materials and stuff like that. And I was in that job for a short period of time. And I soon realized <laughs> I was quite interested in, in uh, as to what the uh, uh, two guys were doing on the computer. That looked a lot more interesting to me than the actual um, uh, print finisher side of it, which... Okay, uh, for, yeah. 
it was it was lots of understanding materials, putting it through machines, using knives, all that that sort of stuff. I mean, it was um, it wasn't a laborious job as such, but it, I I definitely prefer sitting down at a computer and and uh, okay, yeah, do some creative work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. that was, I guess, my my entry into it, seeing those guys working and thinking that that looks interesting. Um, but uh, I I ended up needing to leave that job. Um, I won't go too much into it, but I used to ride a little moped to this place and uh, had an accident on that bike, so I, I couldn't get oh. to that job anymore easily. Um, so I. Uh, left that job and basically got the first job that I could get. And uh, it was where a friend worked. It was just down the road from where I lived. Um, I lived with my parents at that point. Um, And uh, I got this job in a warehouse. (laughs) And and, uh, I I remember when I went for my interview, uh, because it was later in the day, it wasn't with the warehouse manager. It was with someone higher up in the company. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling them I would like to work in graphic design one day but the reason why I want to do this is because I want to uh, improve my teamwork building skills I I came up with something Um, and uh, so I was in that job for um, in the warehouse job for a short period of time and then uh, a few months later I got invited to work in the office (laughs) and um, uh, I I got invited to work within this team that did, um, uh, they, it was called product support and education. And, and what they would do is they would work with an international sales team and make materials for them to help them sell. So that would be things like posters, brochures, leaflets, um, uh, all sorts of different materials that they could go out and, and, Mm -hmm. and use. So, because they know that I was interested in drawing and and uh, I wanted to get into graphic design, uh, they thought it would be ideal for me. Um, at that time, when I started in that job, uh, what would be deemed as graphic design was only a, a, a small percentage of that job. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I was not very good at the admin stuff. So a lot of what they would do would be booking hotels, you know, providing support for that national sales team. Uh, but what I found I was really good at was creating leaflets, creating brochures, creating booklets. So I was learning on the job and they saw some potential in, in me and uh, they organized some training sessions with the local print company. And at that place, they they were able to answer all my questions, show me uh, how to use the tools and uh, that that was kind of my entry into uh, graphic design because I, I just developed further from there because I, I I was very lucky that I got a job where I was paid I could learn I could make mistakes yeah um, and and develop so um, yeah so we went f- that that team went from uh, mostly doing admin and uh, to becoming a full-on kind of graphic design uh, team because something that I did that I, I, I didn't realize was going to be such a big impact for the company. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, what they would do is they would mock something up with the managers of the company and yeah. then they would send that plan over to a graphic designer, like a freelancer. But I started doing all of this myself because of the training I had and because it was something I was really interested in. So the first brochure that I did, I did all of it myself. And uh, I think they they realized it was a massive saving for them. So um, uh, it caused a domino effect. So that team eventually <laughs> became a full-on graphic design department. We did our oh, own photography, wow. illustration. We did all sorts of stuff. It was really cool. Amazing. Um, but then I, I hit a glass ceiling in that position. I moved on to a, a web design company uh, where I became a, 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 a director. Um, I was with that company for about 10 years. But that that was... Um, so I went from a medical company working on brochures and stuff like that, all for the same company, to this company that uh, worked with lots and lots of different 
types of companies. We did websites, we did logos, we did um, brochures, exhibition stands. Basically, we did pretty much everything and I was pretty much thrown in the uh, deep end. But um, on the side of my job, and, and this is kind of where Logo Geek came from, I like doing side projects. So I liked coming up with my own things and kind of testing and pushing my skills. So um, uh, from college, that would have been uh, movie posters, album covers, um, games, all sorts of stuff. So uh, for for a long period of time, about four years, I, I was working on a computer game project with some friends. Okay. And um, that got me into the habit of doing a lot of kind of work at home I mm-hmm. mean it was like a hobby it was uh, I call it work but it wasn't work but <laughs> <laughs> so doing lots of illustrations graphics um all sorts of stuff for for this game um but anyway at the end of that project uh because I had a design director role and was doing all this work in my free time I I, I felt pretty stretched so I I did decide at that point that I'm not going to do any more side projects, but I got bored and that's when um, I, I started talking about it with a, a friend and, and they suggested, why don't you work on logo design? <laughs> and I yeah. thought that would be good because logo is something that I enjoyed. Um, it would come up in my full-time job now and again. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things that I found is that it would be like once every two months. So I, I'd get really excited about it, get really into it. And then two months would pass by and I kind of felt like I needed to learn all those skills again each time. Um, yeah. So the the benefit of doing it at home as a, as a hobby is I could learn, develop those skills, improve. And, and that's kind of why I decided, okay, I'm going to get into logo design, set up the Logo Geek website and it's kind of been a domino effect from there in in terms of like now here today is my full-time thing this is what I focus on exclusively um I I work on logo designs pretty much all like every week I'm working on logo design projects um I have my podcast I have lots of other other things I'm doing all surrounded uh logo design but that that's been a very gradual thing it didn't happen overnight um uh obviously uh so so what i've been doing over the last i don't know how long it's been maybe seven to eight years <laughs> just on the side now and again i've just been doing a project so first of all it would have been uh, i think some of my early ones there were for friends you know people that i used to go to school with and i'd charge maybe yeah. like 50 pounds or 100 pounds you know not much money mm-hmm. um just because i wanted to do it i i enjoyed it and uh Every time I did a project, I'd add it onto my website. And I got to this point where someone I didn't know got in touch. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that turning unexpected. point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was a, a, a big turning point because it was, it was exciting because it made me realize, oh, cool, I could take on this project and yeah. make a little bit more money. Yeah. And because my I had a full-time job, so any extra money was like pocket money <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so yeah so that that was really nice and uh um that one inquiry started turning into more more kept dripping in um and in in the meantime everything else was growing so i, w- I was posting on social media the mm-hmm. numbers were growing um and it started a domino effect so uh the more i did the more i post online the more i promote and uh, it got to a point where uh, every day I'd get an inquiry or a number of inquiries and my phone would keep ringing or I'd get invited to be on this panel or I'd get invited to contribute to this. And it's just been ongoing and I, mm-hmm. I keep working on it every single day. And, um, you know, fast forward a few years and now Logo Geek, which, like I said, just started as picking out a domain, it's now... Um, a graphic design service. I have a community uh, yeah. called Logo Geek. Um, I I have my podcast, and I'm planning some other stuff like uh, um, a mini magazine based on the podcast. And uh, I've got a 
like a paid community, which is like a virtual hangout thing uh, with video, which which is cool. Okay. Um, and I might even turn it into events, turn it into... I'm, I'm planning to do loads of stuff. Um, but yeah, one thing at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, I want to go back in the time uh, when you were a kid. Like, are you a creative kid or just a normal one? Um, like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think all kids are creative. Um, yeah, yeah, that's there. <laughs> but, um, so growing up, I was really into drawing design making stuff i was a big wallace and gromit fan and mm -hmm. i'd, I'd want to make models of them and <laughs> something i used to do is uh um because i was a big wallace and gromit fan obviously i make them out of plasticine put the wires in and everything and uh i'd, I'd make a little living room <laughs> out of like yeah. cardboard boxes and make little chairs and things mm -hmm. um it's it's a shame that it wasn't today because you know here today everyone has a smartphone and you can do stop uh stop motion animation but then yeah. i uh my my dream was to have a uh like a stop motion animation camera uh my my dad did have um uh one of these cine cameras where you can do a frame a, a second but it it is so expensive to get these films developed that it wasn't something that i ever uh uh did and I, to be honest i don't think i ever had the patience to do proper frame by frame <laughs> animation but yeah <laughs> but I, I used to do a lot of drawing um i used to enter competitions on the tv so i uh when i was 10 i had a a picture on the tv we 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 have well we used to have this like itv weather picture thing so on the news they would show a, a kid's drawing so when i was 10 i had um picture on the tv oh, um, i had fall. another one yeah I, I had another one on uh we have something called cbbc's like children's bbc um <laughs> I, I i won a competition on there that was another drawing on the tv um uh whenever there was any art competition at school uh like we would have these pantomimes i don't know if you have them where you are but like a little play uh and we would have to create tickets so at christmas or easter or whatever we would do a play for the uh parents and uh i uh, used to win that quite frequently so i i mean i i it was my favorite thing i i wasn't that much into anything else i just liked um drawing and making things and and uh all that sort of stuff so yeah definitely i think as a kid it was um i always wanted to do something creative and i, I know that was uh my destiny so to speak <laughs> yeah so you're a famous kid <laughs> well well i mean not really but <laughs> it was exciting getting my uh thing on the tv once <laughs> yeah so uh, you have a great following on Twitter, like the 90,000 plus following, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know, like, what's the reason behind that building that community? Um, wait, why have I built that? Yeah. Okay. Um, and why you choose Twitter over other platforms? Yeah, sure. Okay. So um, when I started Logo Geek, um i was posting stuff on facebook yeah and so I, I had a facebook page and i i thought that might be a good way to maybe get potential clients mm -hmm. um so i would post things on there and uh something i noticed was that the only people that liked it or commented on it was other graphic designers but yeah. I enjoy doing it. For me, it was it was a nice way to find interesting information and share it. So I, I did that. It, it didn't have much engagement. So I, I wasn't taking it that seriously. Um, but in my full-time job, mm -hmm. um, I always said to the uh, directors, it's like, we really should, as a company, do a lot more social media marketing. You know, mm -hmm. that's... that's uh, that's how people now research companies that that's how um you know that's where people spend their time so we need to do that 
So I kept saying that all the time. And uh, they interviewed someone to do um, to work in the marketing department, which was it, it was a completely different job. But that this person that they interviewed was amazing at social media marketing, and they're like, "Oh, Ian's into all this stuff." <laughs> so I remember they poured me into the interview. Um, and, uh, after that interview, they said, Ian, we, we didn't plan this, but I, I know you, you keep pushing this. How would you feel if we was to hire this person and get them in your team and you can work with them to create a social media strategy for the company? So we, we did that. And, uh, uh, that person had some really interesting approaches of using Twitter to uh market a business and yeah. uh obviously i thought this was great so i said okay let, let's try this and and we start doing that in the company and i started to see okay this this actually seems to be working their approach is working so i thought i'm going to try this on my own thing on with the logo geek stuff that i've been doing so everything i've been doing on facebook which hadn't been working mm-hmm. i'm just gonna, i'm just going to try it on twitter and uh, i mean you need to bear in mind this is like eight years ago so twitter was like the big thing at that time it was uh it's not so popular now but it was it was one of the main uh kind of growing uh platforms Mm -hmm. um so i I tried some of the strategies that that they was using and it was it was things like posting content every day um uh finding other accounts similar to yours and and uh, following people that was engaging with that, all this sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, that worked and my audience was growing and um, uh, I, I kind of felt a commitment to it. So I, I went from kind of dabbling in it to focusing in it. And uh, uh, I put all my energy into Twitter early on. I, I do more now, but early on it was uh, my focus so every day when i i would have to wake up early for my job so i'd be up at at uh, 6 30 a.m and the first thing i would be doing was my twitter wow. and i just did that every day um and uh, it, it was worth it because i mean it's obviously grown yeah um, but yeah that, that's the main reason why at that time because it was it was working for me it was growing um here today twitter's not the main yeah, uh, it's not the biggest one. It's not as popular as what it used to be, but it's still, I still got a lot of engagement and activity on Twitter. So I'm, I'm not going to stop um, yeah. using it. But now here today, I put more focus into um, fa- a, a Facebook group. Um, but I, I can also see Instagram <laughs> is <laughs> yes. like skyrocketing and. Uh, uh i've kind of avoided it because every time i post on there everything just takes so long to do <laughs> you have to really plan and 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 creating a, a carousel or whatever take it can take a whole day to do and, yeah. and for me it's just not a priority because i i get clients through my website you know yeah. I, I, for, for me here today it's just not worth the, the time spending on on that but i i am seeing i probably should start doing that as more of a priority so at some point in the near future i'll probably uh pivot and put more attention in, into that but the, the i think the important thing to 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 be aware of when you work on any social media as a graphic designer there's there's um a, a like an external pressure that you have to post on everything so yeah. you have to be on Facebook, you have to be on LinkedIn, you have to be on Twitter, you have to be on Instagram, Dribble, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you have this pressure to do everything. But yeah. I think the important thing is to kind of see it as uh, a fire. Say if you're trying to light a fire, mm-hmm. um, and I don't mean with like a match or anything like that, you know, the old way, you know, like the, yeah. the spinning the, the sticks and that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Right. So imagine if you got five fires in, in front of you. Yeah. Okay. If you was to try and light all five of them at the same time, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. None of them. I mean, you might get a little bit of smoke on each one, but you're never going to get anywhere. But yeah. what if you ignored four of them and focused on one and yeah. you really focused on that one and you put all your time and all your energy into that one fire? 
Yeah. What's going to happen? Right. It will write light You're going to light that flyer. Yeah. Right. Okay. So once that fire is lit, what can you then do? <laughs> oh. You can move on to the next one. Yeah. And you can yeah. 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 A log on the other one. Like you yeah. don't need to put so much in it. Once, once the fire is burning, you don't need to put so much energy into it. You, you yeah. just need to, you know, throw a bit of timber on the fire now and again. But you yeah. can walk away, you can step away from it, and focus on a, another one and get another and get another fire burning. Yeah. So, my point being with social media, um, Twitter here today for me has a huge following. Um, I don't need to do as much work as what I used to. Pretty much all I need to do to keep it going, to keep it maintained, is to check it in the morning, post a tweet. It takes 10 minutes. Okay, yeah. Um, so I can put more energy into a Facebook community. And, and you know, again, here today, that's now self-maintaining it. Yeah. Um, it's It's community-driven, so it just grows. The only thing I need to do is check post, make sure it looks, you know, make sure uh, there's no um, abusive comments or anything like that. You know, it's just, just moderating it. So yeah, that means I can put more energy into something else. <laughs> but hopefully you get my point is... Yeah, uh, a great there, there's way a, of there's a pressure to Yeah, there's a pressure to do everything all at once. But when you are... If, it's easy to look to, to someone like myself or, or Christo or or Gary V, or I'm not saying I'm like those people, but it's, it's easy to look up to these people that have been doing it years and think they're doing everything I need to do the same. Yeah. But that's not how it works. They started on one thing at a time. That, that's, that's how they would have done it. They would have put all that energy into one thing at one point. Yeah. But then it's grown and that's why they're where, where they are now. So my point is, don't try to do everything. Pick one and yeah. focus on it. Do it very well. And then once it's boomed, once it's once you got that fire burning and raging, you know, in flames, yeah. then move on to the second thing. <laughs> Amazing, just a wonderful way of explanation. You're great, really. So <laughs> actually, but today I still think for the business owners or for the freelancers, Twitter and LinkedIn got a huge potential. So, yeah, yeah. So I want to know. Why a logo is so important? Okay, so that <laughs> that that that's an interesting comment because we we say why are they so important, but are they that important? Yeah, because a, a, a logo is is kind of the tip of the iceberg, but why they are important is because it's the first thing that you tend to see when you have anything to do with the business. So it's pretty much the the face of the. Uh, company but what i what i do want to um uh say is that a logo is one small piece of a larger uh thing so uh, a lot of people talk about brand and branding and identity um so a, a logo is one small piece of uh a larger identity so a a logo typically well it's primary purpose is to identify but a lot of that identification also comes with the identity too so it's not just the the logo that the the logo is never in isolation you there's all this other stuff that goes along with it but um yeah to answer your question um it's the face of your company and it's what identifies uh, a business yeah i feel like for some people logo is just an icon but i Personally, for me, a logo is a storytelling. Like if you saw a logo and you just feel that there's the story behind that logo, like without anyone telling what the company is doing, then I think well, that logo is great. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge that. Um, okay. Uh, my, I, I think I, I don't know who originally coined this, but I've heard it from Michael Beirut. I've heard it from Saggy Habib. I've heard it from from a number of prominent graphic designers. They okay. say a logo is an empty vessel. And what I mean by that is um, prior to it being associated with a company, it means nothing. There's no associations with it. So Apple is the best example. Yeah. So here today, when you look at the Apple logo, yeah. what do you think of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you, yeah, you think of the computers, you think of high quality, you think yeah. of all this sort of stuff. But that yeah. is a, a drawing of an apple. Yeah. There's a drawing of an apple that has nothing to do with computers. Yeah. It's literally a, a, an apple icon. So if the apple, the company didn't exist, you would look at that and go, oh, that's an apple. Yeah. <laughs> but it's through associations with other stuff yeah. that it's got that connected meaning to it. And, and that's one of the interesting things with... Um, uh, logo design in particular is that it is um, a through use it absorbs meaning uh, mm-hmm. so uh, I think another interesting one to to speak about with this is the Nazi symbol, symbol the, the swastika yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is a, a nicely designed, interesting logo, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, it's the associations 100%. with it. Uh, so uh, I believe the origins of that came from uh, the, the original peace sign, which is an inverted version of that. But in, in, in order to communicate hell, <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. flipped it, which make, makes it very fearful. So it's the associations with how that's been um associated with peace and and religion and everything like that they flipped it they've used it in in their collateral and now it's associated with nazi germany so uh anyone of a certain age i mean i'm I'm too young for this but anyone that would have been alive during world war ii they would probably feel quite fearful when they see that symbol but actually yeah. it's just a couple of lines those lines mean nothing like out of context if if the 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 peace symbol didn't exist and, and nazi germany wouldn't exist that would just be a few lines on a page it doesn't actually mean anything yeah <laughs> so hopefully you under- understand my point there there is no story in yeah in, in a little the, the swastika there's yeah. no story in the apple logo the apple logo is an apple yeah um you can use um, associations that people know to communicate certain things, but um, as as a, a, a tool, a logo isn't intended to communicate anything. It's, it's purely there for identification, and it's the associations with other things that creates that story. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah, <laughs> such, such a wonderful lesson. So... Welcome. Actually, uh, you can say that I didn't lose my virginity in the logo designing field. <laughs> so I'm kind of beginner. Uh, I want to know difference between a good or bad logo. Is there a good or la- bad logo or there's just a logo? Um, yeah. Okay. So there are uh, principles that uh, like... The, I would say with logo design, there are really no rules beyond um, it identifying a company. So that's that's the primary goal is there's identification. But there are a number of principles that we can use to make a logo good. And, and you can use those to judge whether something's good or bad. So um, one of them is, um, does it work in single color? And there's with black and white logos there's there's the the debate here today that uh, 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 say like 50 years ago it had to be in black and white because there was black and white printing only yeah uh, uh multicolor printing was expensive there you know it had to be in black and white because of the restraints of the technology but here today uh some companies just live entirely online some uh, uh, a lot of the processes can be, um, uh, say, like vinyl. Uh, that's one of the reasons why you might want to use the single color version. You can actually get fully printed things now. So yeah, um, uh, there's debate saying that it doesn't need to work in black and white. But I, I believe that the underlying core idea mm-hmm. um, should work in single color. And the, the reason for that is so that it can be very versatile. Um, say, for example, a, a, a multicolored logo with lots of layers on, it would never work as a single color vinyl or something that's embossed or something like that. Um, uh, so that that's one thing I would say. It needs to work in black and white, first of all, and then you can add okay. colors and so on afterwards. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I think a, a logo should contain one idea. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I've seen a, a, a few logos um, where they contain uh, multiple components that could be identifiable. Like a, a friend of mine showed me something uh, yesterday which had this cool little B symbol. Okay. And then it had a, a quirky word mark. But they, they actually told me that at one point the the O in the name was also a beehive. And that's oh. one example where where they have the bee and the beehives. You know, it's like that's two ideas. Yeah. You want to strip out uh um everything and keep the one part which is most identifiable. Um, because that that's the key thing. You know, that that should be the one thing that 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 becomes recognizable because when you've got multiple components in there say if you're if you want something to use as a favicon or a social media icon some people might use the beehive some people might use the bee it just becomes confusing so um keep one idea and that's the focal point and and um uh where are those reckon where that recognition will come from mm-hmm. um uh, another thing was, uh, I simplicity is really important. Yeah, uh, everyone speaks about this, but it's it's for a number of reasons. So simple is firstly easier to uh, recall. It's 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 uh, you know when something is simple, uh, you just immediately recognize it. Yeah, if it's cluttered, it's it's not so easy. Yeah, um, uh, to bring to your mind. Um, also, when it's simple, it's more versatile. So it's really important that a logo is very versatile. So it needs to work at really small sizes. So yeah. it's, if it's simple, it works at really small sizes. So think of things like um, social media icon. They're what, like eight millimeters on your uh, screen. You know, they're tiny. Yeah. So that that logo needs to work at that size. Um, uh, Context is everything. So uh, there, there might be some companies or some organizations where that isn't a, a key requirement. But um, I think as a general uh, principle, simplicity is really key um, yeah. for that reason. So uh, when you're designing something, remove any unnecessary components. Yeah. Um, and... It doesn't mean going very minimal, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, a minimal, when you go really minimal, uh, it lacks character. So you need to find that fine line between enough components within it to give yeah. it the necessary character mm-hmm. versus, um, you know, being simple enough to to work in lots of different uh, potential instances. Yeah. Um, uh i i all i also aim uh ideally to do to create something that can be timeless and i think if you do create something that's simple um and and versatile works in single color in general it can already you know it gives you um uh, something that's quite likely to be timeless right away but also it's important to avoid trends yeah. Because trends date things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't think of of uh of an example, but I, I have seen some older logos from like the seventies where they've used uh trendy like fonts that were really in trend, colors that was really in trend. Yeah. And you look at you look back now, at the time I bet they were like super cool. But now <laughs> it's like that looks like that was from from the seventies. So and um, something that Bill Gardner at Logo Lounge does. He does a trend report every year, mm-hmm. and it, he'll share what's what's new and what's current at the moment. And um, avoid them <laughs> uh, because you you don't want to create something that's that's trendy. You want to create something that will uh, look as current now as it will in uh, fifty years time. Um, and 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 the, the the best way to see what those uh, traits are is to look at books like uh, Logo Modernism. There's a fantastic book called Logo Modernism. If if you don't have that, go and buy it. It's, it's a okay. huge book, but that that has lots of examples in there. 
And some of those logos in there are like 50, 60, maybe even older. They're, they're quite old symbols. But you could take one of them out now, use it for a business. I mean, don't do that because that's <laughs> copying. But um, <laughs> you could take one of those, use it in a business, and it would be current because they are very simple. They're reduced to the minimum of, uh, of what's, what's needed. And, and, and they still look very current because they don't use any trends. They're just a really nicely, a, a really nice symbol. Yeah. So I hope, I mean, that's a few things I, I can, it's, it's one of those topics that we can go on for ages, but hopefully that's a few examples yeah. to, uh, show, um, to, to explain what works really well in a logo. Couldn't um, agree more. Couldn't agree more, sir. <laughs> so actually if, uh, in my agency, we are also focused on the minimal designs. Like we create websites, which are minimal, which create logo, which are minimal. Like we don't, we don't do like those crazy stuffs, like like the the popping stuff you know yeah so yeah i, I understand i understand is the key i also prefer minimal designs over the like the crazy ones so yeah 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 i mean it's interesting because minimalism is a trend at the moment <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> um but yeah i mean those I, I think when when we speak about principles and and rules, like I said, the the primary goal of a logo is to identify. So technically, you can you can do uh, anything to some degree in in order to uh, aid recognition. But I, I think that the, the best logos are those that are. Um, relatively simple providing they're not too minimal that they lose any character yeah because there's it's important to stress that there are instances where you don't want to reduce it so far down that it has no character yeah um um I'm trying to think of an of a good example um say if you're trying to make the the logo have uh say a, say a western kind of feel like a cowboy kind of feel to it yeah. there might be certain uh character styles that you'd want to use or or certain um uh features you might want to use sometimes yeah. adding that little bit of extra detail and not going too minimal is the only way to get that look and feel yeah um uh so it's why I say simplicity is key, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it should be stripped yeah. down and minimal. You, you yeah. need to find that balance between 100%. the uh, two. Yeah. I got your point. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know what are the mistakes you made throughout this journey? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um trying to think of specific ones uh okay so i i remember uh, in that first graphic design job that i had i i was working on a brochure and mm -hmm. uh i i just learned all this new stuff in photoshop uh you know with like layering images using lens flares using outer glaze all this sort of stuff and uh obviously I wanted to use what I learned. <laughs> yeah. So I I was creating this cover and it had every like had drop shadows, it had outer <laughs> glows, it had lens flares. It I mean thinking back now it's it, it's a mess. And <laughs> uh I the 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 CEO he used to come around every morning and and say hello to everyone which is uh I mean people don't do that now but uh, that that was a nice little thing that he did. And um, he stood behind me and said, Ian, just because you can doesn't mean that you should. <laughs> and, yeah. and then he walked away. And okay. um, I mean, that, that, uh, I mean, that, that's one thing is uh, just because you can do something, you should only do what's needed. So sometimes um, uh, with that, particular example that front cover of that brochure probably all that was needed was the logo title and a nice photo yeah and it didn't need to be any more because I, I i found um over the years is that if you want to create something that has um high quality look and feel to it 
look at all the big fashion brands a lot of them just use very good photography and minimal layouts and they look super slick and the moment you start compositing things together and layering things it tends to start degrading the the quality of it and i think it's because um uh, it's harder to create something with less components than it is to create something that looks good with lots of things. So uh, the moment you start stripping things out, that it, you start to see the flaws and it's harder to create something with less components than it is to create something with uh, more. So yeah, that, that was one thing. Um, another piece of early advice I, I got was... Uh, uh, something I always wanted to do was create everything from scratch. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I, because I was really into illustration, I wanted to, uh, anytime I needed a drawing, I, I wanted to draw it all from scratch. So uh, uh, a, a lot of the illustrations that I needed to do were say like hands opening up the products to do these like step-by-step um, uh, illustrations. And uh something I would always do is <laughs> sit there with no reference. I'll be like looking at my hand and, and drawing it. And um, uh, another piece I piece of advice I got from someone with more experience was, was uh, Ian, do what you need to do to get the job done. Stop trying to um, prove something to somebody, you know? Yeah. So what he meant by that is, you know, if you need to take a photo of it and trace it, do it because <laughs> yeah. you get it done a, a thousand times faster. It's more accurate and all this sort of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, I, I started doing that <laughs> and, uh, it, it changes your mindset, uh, because rather than say, you know, trying to take a photo of something, you can get a stock image rather yeah. than trying to draw a pair of scissors. There's stock icons that have done that a hundred thousand times. Use yeah. as a graphic designer, use the components that are there to your disposal rather than trying to create everything from scratch because yeah. the it's the end product that matters, not your ability to do, do something. And I think early on, I was trying to uh, prove to myself and everyone else that I was really good. <laughs> uh, but actually, you can you can do um like a lot of the stuff that i would have spent like 10 hours on i probably could get them done in like half an hour now just using pre-built components and i mean now there's loads of websites loads of resources loads of other sort of stuff use it i mean it's it's the end result that matters so um use that to your disposal um I, i guess it's worth adding some logo design ones since we've uh got this topic but some of my early designs and they're not online anymore and i'm not showing them to anyone <laughs> uh, yeah. um i didn't have a proper understanding of typography so i remember uh i wanted to create a really minimal uh, uh typography based logo mm-hmm. and i i took a I, I i took a font i wrote the name out and then I started pulling in guides, created outlines, and then I started modifying it. <laughs> and I noticed like, ah, oh, that doesn't line out that, you know, things don't line out. The spacing's all a mess. Yeah. So I started adjusting all these little things. And uh, yeah, now I know that that's not a good thing to do because I, I've since learned uh, in, in typography, there's a lot of optical illusions so yeah. you would never design a typeface to be mathematically precise, which is what I was trying to do. So things like uh, any letter that has a point on it, any letter that has a curve on it, you need something called overshoot. And it, it's it's uh, to allow, when you look at it with your eyes, it, it looks like it all lines up, but in reality it doesn't. So understanding that... Um, you don't need things to be mathematically precise to look right. Sometimes yeah. you have to adjust things by eye to make them look visually correct. Yeah. And uh, I mean, a, a circle next to a square is the easiest way to to understand that. So if if you did the circle, the exact height and everything is the square, the circle is going to look optically smaller. Yeah. So you need to slightly increase it so they look the same size, even though in reality they're not. And yeah. uh, in, in typography... 
there's loads and loads of minor things but those same things also apply to logo design. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, so it's it's you. It's a good practice to learn, study typography because the lessons that you learn from that can help you create really good um, uh, symbols. Um, I, I I think a really good example of that to understand it is with the Google G logo, the yeah. the symbol, you know, the one that's split into four. Start drawing over that. You'll realize that there's that it's not a perfect circle, and there's articles online that say it's all incorrect. But actually, study it and understand the reasons why they changed the, the way they they did. Because if if you drawed it perfectly round, the G looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> so they made all these fine adjustments to to tweak it, and um, it makes a big difference. So as a logo designer. You need to understand typography, and the reason for that is so that you understand all these uh, minor uh, technical uh, tweaks that you can do. I've made loads of mistakes over the years, but uh, it's it's normal. It's all part of learning. So, it, 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 when you screw up, just learn from it. <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. Do you want? I can I can give one more example. Um, so, like I said, I worked for an agency for a long time. They would sometimes get clients from hell. And I thought to myself, I'm going to work with everybody and they're going to be great. (laughs) So uh, something I offered early on in my um, projects was unlimited revisions because I thought, yeah, I can control this. I'll 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 be able to explain to my clients why I would advise something over the other. But yeah, that doesn't actually work in reality. (laughs) Uh, It's impossible to avoid clients from hell. So something like unlimited unlimited changes if you get a client that uh doesn't entirely trust you and they start taking over the project and art directing the project you can get to a situation where you never get a finished thing uh, yeah so I, I quite early on i worked with a client that um i do something great and then there's their sunday but oh we we don't like that uh typeface yeah. can you use this one instead and they literally send me an image of exactly how it should look yeah i change it exactly how they want it i send it over and then they go ah, actually we don't like it <laughs> and yeah. that was horrible and my contract didn't protect me uh but now uh now i have a contract that protects me in every single situation so if a client's being um uh, uh difficult or uh, abusing you in some way yeah. then you need to have uh, the tools to protect yourself. And uh, in terms of those changes, now I still I still offer unlimited, but it's capped within a certain number of rounds of changes. So yeah. it's up to, uh, it depends on, on the scope of the project, but say like four rounds of, of changes. So they yeah. can, we can change anything uh, necessary. But once we've reached that limit, then there's extra charges incurred, and and it protects me uh, from uh, from that. So I I think that's that's important because you're working with people. It's uh, so it's it it can become uh, some people are great, some people are good to work with, some people are not good to work with, and that's just a a fact. That's that's just the way it is. (laughs) Actually, I personally experienced the thing you are telling right here uh, because in the <laughs> beginning of my career i also like i'm just free like you can take uh, whatever the number you want from me <laughs> so uh, i also faced this trouble now we also started giving them a, a particular number of the correction they want to make us to do so yeah I yeah think- i i think within a quote or within a contract you need to uh everything needs to have a number related to it yeah um and that that's something that i learned in in my previous full-time position is that you need to quantify everything so if uh at the agency i used to work at we used to do a lot of web design work yeah and sometimes you would put we're going to do banners like say a a quote would literally say that that we're going to do the banners for the website and that can be a can of worms because what if you end up creating a website that needs a thousand banners? <laughs> so <laughs> we, you know, we would have to have to have to say 
10 banners are included within the scope of the project. You have to really be very clear because if it's not clear, then um, neither side know exactly what they're going to get out of it. Yeah. So uh, last two questions. So this one is personally for me. Uh, We all know that you're super creative, but I want to know what's the reason behind that creativity and how you polish that? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so if we was going to focus on logo design, yeah. I, I've got to a point where I, I don't necessarily see it as a creative exercise. I, I, um, I, I see logo design as uh, a strategic tool and it just happens to use graphic design to create the end product. Um, yeah. So in, in terms of my process, I make sure to understand as much as I can about the the business, their competition yeah. and their target audience. And uh, when you understand that, you can create an identity that that references that. So I'm always referencing uh back to that and trying to find the most effective solution i don't know if this is answering your question by the way it's it's a really hard thing it's it's a really hard question to answer to be honest like where does creativity come come from i i I think i think comes from when i was younger i used to enjoy it uh i was i was well into art and that was the thing that everybody always said ian you're really good at this and i i think it's kind of stemmed from there really and uh um you know, it causes the domino effect. So like that, yeah. uh, in, in terms of getting into graphic design, I I didn't actually intentionally plan to go into design. It was just more, that was the direction I took. And um, like that, that first job that I got early on in my career, I was, I was kind of put into that position. I was very lucky that I was in the right place at the right time. And, and it's something I've always been really, uh passionate about and excited by and uh um it's what pays the bills you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I know it's it's something that i love and something that i would probably do even if i didn't get paid for it but yeah um uh when you need to pay the bills you know that there, there needs to be something that that generates an income for you yeah. and uh graphic design has been uh that for me and um uh, uh in terms of going full time it just happens that I can actually make more income by being full-time rather than working for an agency. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I, I I also realized that everyone that I look up to, like I, I read quite a lot of books. I, I didn't growing up as a kid, but as a as an adult, I, I read quite a lot of uh, books and I, I, I've read quite a lot of autobiographies and a lot of the people that I really look up to and and are inspired by they did their own thing um yeah. I, I i don't mean just graphic designers I, I mean this you know people like elon musk or yeah um uh james dyson or you know there's there's a lot of yes, um yes, yes. yeah people out there that have done something significant that really inspires yeah. me and they wasn't working for someone else when they did it they did their own thing and uh, yeah um i i think that's one of the reasons why i've wanted to create my own thing is because uh 100%. it's more exciting <laughs> yeah hopefully i'm answering your question in yes, some way yes 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 100 <laughs> i understand i can relate okay so what's the one piece of advice you want to give to the beginners who are just starting their journey in, journey in the creative professional in just a yeah, single sure. word or a single sentence um i'll probably end up giving a longer answer but uh yeah you can do that too there's no restrictions (laughs) so there's a book called the one thing and read that book um and and the reason why is because if you really want to get somewhere you need to know the direction that you're walking in so you need to have a somewhere out there goal or or um another exercise that some people do is they might actually have a a board where they're pinning pictures but you need to know the uh the end goal and then what you can do is 
one step at a time to get that goal. Yeah. So, um, because every single day we can all do tiny little things that move towards something. But if you do tiny little things that don't go in one single direction, then you never get anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but if you spend 10 minutes a day, half an hour a day, whatever, you know, just a small amount of time a day, yeah. those, those 10 minutes or that half an hour, so just 10 minutes a day, that's, that's not much time. Everyone has 10 minutes a day, yes. right? Yes. Because by 10 minutes a day on, on something, yeah. by the end of a week, that's 70 minutes. You know, yeah. that's over an hour. Yes. And if you did that every day over years, yeah, and you was working towards a single goal. You're going to reach that goal. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But so it's really important to know exactly the direction that you want to go and where you want to end up. Yeah, um, you can change what that is, but as long as you c- are continuously working towards that, those tiny actions you do every day will lead you to that. But if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to get there. Fact. Yeah, hundred percent. So. Hopefully the viewers get their answer and I also got it. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming by and having a wonderful conversation with me. I'm really blessed to have you in our, in the second episode of our podcast. Like Fantastic. you are my dream guest, as you know. <laughs> so thank you so oh, well, much. You're very welcome. By. And if you ever have any questions or anyone listening has any questions just reach out to me i'm i'm more than happy to um answer any questions if i have the time to so uh, yeah it's been a pleasure and thank you again for inviting me and for all the kind words it's been really great thank you thank you so much bye-bye bye